Do you want to come cook with us? Vamos! Let's get cooking! Your preschooler can swing into action with Dora and Boots for a musical adventure in her brand new podcast. Recipe for Adventure! It's Dora's recipe for adventure, and she's cooking up special treats with all her friends and family. We've got everyone's favorite dishes. Empanada! Paleta! We're cooking up a family adventure, and Dora has the perfect recipe. Listen to Dora's recipe for adventure wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi! Snuggle up. Bedtime's about to be a dream. It's good night, bedtime stories. A perfect way to end the day. Good night. Introducing Nickelodeon's Good Night Bedtime Stories. It's the only podcast where the best part <gasps> is missing the ending. It's bedtime the Nickelodeon way. Listen to Nickelodeon's Good Night Bedtime Stories wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Zuko here. What's up, you guys? It's so great to be in London. Janet, good to see you. I was, I was pretty hyped coming out right now. I know, exciting. I know. Can everyone see okay? There's so many people here. This is so awesome. Oh, hello. I'm impressed. I, I'm a little jet lagged, but I'm impressed by what's going on right now. Yeah, me too. How does it express itself for, to you? For me, jet lag is like, I start to feel normal, and then all of a sudden I realize I'm leaning to the side. Like, my equilibrium is off. That's the main issue yes. I have. I mean, I'm like walking around in a dream state, and I don't know if I'm awake. or And everything kind of seems like America, but very different. <laughs> yes. It's very strange. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, this is not your first time back since uh, a little something we like to call COVID one niner in uh, in CB radio talk. Um, so I haven't been here since all of that happened, and I'm so excited to be back. You guys been holding holding it down during the pandemic. Everyone's good. Everyone's good. It's so hard. It's real. It was so hard not doing cons. That's such a big part of. I was going to ask, is it the first for for a lot of you guys out there? Is it your first Comic Con back since the pandemic opened up? Yeah. Well, nice. nice. We're back. I mean, we're back. Um, we're going to sort of frame this panel as like a live episode of the podcast that Dante and I do together called Braving the Elements. Um, you guys listen to that podcast? Oh, yet? Yes. You know it. That's awesome. awesome. So, Janet and I, we, we're going through all of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, then through Korra, episode per episode. We just launched season two, which is book two. And the thing is, for people that have not listened to the, the podcast, for me, you know, I did this show almost 17 years ago. Yeah. 17 years ago when I first started recording Zuko, which seems crazy. But, uh, and then when I go back to watch the shows, but I've never watched the show in sequential order, ever. And so this is my first time going with Janet through the podcast, not having to be the actor watching it, but just being a fan of the show, watching it and really diving in and asking all kinds of questions. I've been now I'm becoming a professor of, yeah. of uh, my own show. Yeah, you're definitely a professor. I'm, a fr- I'm going to be a professor. I should be able to take a test later on and pass, <laughs> at least. I'm not going to ace the test, 
no way, but I'll, I'll definitely have a passing grade. For sure, for sure. One of the things that I love about doing the podcast with Dante is that, for those of you who listen, you know he flows back and forth between being Dante and identifying as Zuko so seamlessly that he'll be talking about something that happens in an episode and he'll be like, I mean, I don't know what Zuko's thinking. He's like this and that. And then all of a sudden my sister's there. And I'm like, wait, and I'm upset. Did you see what just happened there? Because you were third person and now since yes. Azula comes into the picture, you're like, I hate her. I hate her, but I love her. But you love her. I love her, but I hate her. <laughs> the other thing I have to always do to a degree is I have to somehow show the brighter sides of, of Fire Nation. Because, yes, is Fire Nation, is there a Fire Nation in the house? Fire Nation? Who's representing Fire Nation? Uh, okay, hold on a second. How, is there a water tribe in the house? All right. Okay. Air Nomads? Air Nomads? Oh, okay. so far. Earth, Earth Kingdom? Yeah. All right. Uh, is Fire Nation in the house? Okay. You know, a lot of Earth Kingdom out here in England. A lot of Earth You know what? London. I can't say it surprises me. I get, Funny, I, grounded, strong, tough, rad. I know. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot of bad things happen because of the Fire Nation, and so there's a lot of blame. Uh-huh. And I, and I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just saying... We're, there's some good stuff on the Fire Nation side, too. For sure. There's some good people on the For Fire Nation. Sure. I we're not all yeah. bad people. I will never forget the day that you, so we were talking about some horrific thing the Fire Nation had done. And in defense of the Fire Nation, you were like, but come on, be fair. We did a lot of bad stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, to be, oh, it was, we were I talking about argued in your the own death paper? of Katara and Sokka's mother. Oh, that is and what it like, was. They killed my mom. And I was like, I get it. But to be fair, <laughs> it was the best he could we do. Did, we did a lot of bad things. It's not like we meant the to do best, that on purpose. The best you could do. Sorry, Katara. Uh, Zuko's not perfect. He's gone through a lot. Neither are any of us. You know, we talked as we were getting ready for season two to start. We talked with Mike and Brian, our two dads, a.k.a. Brike, about uh, book two and about Zuko's arc because we all kind of... I don't think anybody thinks that, whether they think it's the best thing about the show, I've never heard anyone say, like, oh, the Zuko Iro story, eh, so-so. No one says that. Everyone acknowledges it as being this amazingly right. written, beautiful story across, doesn't matter whether you're talking animation or, or live action. Um, and, and so when they were talking about book two, they did know always where they wanted Zuko to go, but they even said in, uh, on our episode of the podcast, I think they said, we, know, we knew we had to have him get worse before he got better. Right. And so we're seeing a little of that, but even in the... Which is amazing because yeah. I think when I was doing it, I don't think I had any clue of any of this. Uh-huh. None of it. I was like, <laughs> did you... People ask, like, did you know he was going to get redeemed? I'm like, no. Yeah. I did, had no idea. I thought I was a bad guy forever. Yeah. I was going to be a bad guy. And I, and I said on the podcast, I also thought I was going to... I'm, I'm like Wile E. Coyote. I'm just chasing this Avatar guy forever. Yeah. I feel like Wile E. Coyote chasing the Roadrunner, and I'm just never going to catch him. Well, that's another thing that he points out every time we do an episode. He always points out when someone actually catches Aang. Right. He's always like, oh, it's that's very the often a net. Right. A net. What if I just had a net? I, that's the problem. Like, when I'm watching the show again, obviously Zuko, book one, even book two, he needs to capture this avatar to restore his... I need to capture the avatar and restore my honor. He just keeps saying it, right? And 
obviously never does. And then as we're recapping the show, there's a lot of people catching the Avatar. Like a lot of people. It's like every three, four shows, someone caught the Avatar. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How the pirates catch the Avatar? I don't who else. Who else catches the Avatar? There's, he's always being caught, and everyone has nets. Everyone has a net that catches the Avatar, and no one told Zuko. Yeah. Do the whole show. Yeah. Like, bro, get a net, and you will catch the Avatar, <laughs> and we'll have a whole other series going on. You have your honor back way earlier. That's right. Well, the word honor, too, is very much on our minds because at the end of the chase, of course, we have this amazing face-off where I think it's the first time in the show that you see all four elements combined against one target, which is Azula. She happens to be Azula. And, yeah, and so she's cornered, right? And y'all know she said... That was very Western of me, by the way, to throw in a y'all. That's a little... Y'all I'm know. charge extra for that, y'all. That's free. But she says, you know, I'll surrender. I'll, a princess surrenders with honor, something like that. And then That's she, exactly what she says. She, <laughs> she says you know a princess she surrenders with honor. Yeah. And then what does she do, Janet? She goes ahead and zaps her own uncle. Are you serious, Azula? You're going to zap Uncle Iroh? The most beloved character in the whole show. After you threw Zuko's favorite word right I hate her. face. I hate her. And she got that blue lightning all the time. This is the thing about, we know Zuko can't master the lightning. We know it. He doesn't have the skills of his sister. She's just flexing all the time. I hate her. It's so cool, though. Isn't that blue lightning so awesome? Who identifies with Azula, at least with her power, if not her cruelty? Okay, I saw a slow hand go up. I love Azula, but I hate her. I hate her. She's amazing. And we had Gray on the podcast, Gray Delisle, who plays Azula, and a million other cartoon voices, and is just the most lovely, light-filled, beautiful human being, and then she can just get right down into that Azula place so quickly. I know. So amazing. And you're so good. You're also good at her, her voice. Well, I'm doing an impression of Gray doing her voice, so it's like three removed. Yes. Um, but yeah, she's she's such a she's a hero and a friend to, to both of us. Um, you want to get into some? I don't know. You want to get into some Q and A? You guys have questions out there? And there's two microphones, and we're recording this. Yeah, so we would love go to this. the microphone, and we can, we can talk about the show. Let's um, start over here. What's your name? Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi. Um, so if you could bring one hybrid animal species into real life, oh, just one, like in abundance, yes. what would it be? Oh, in abundance? Yeah, like loads of uppers, oh. it would dragons. Have, it I'm would worried ha- about shedding season uh, oh. if we brought in an abundance of air bison, but it's very tempting. I do love well, air I mean, bison. Well, I mean, turtle ducks. <laughs> Bunch of turtle ducks. Turtle ducks would be lovely yeah. just in the pond. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with turtle ducks. I would also bring in uh, some fire ferrets. I mean, I would love to bring in a pabu or two or an abundance. Um, I mean, appas. Yeah. It's hard, though, when it's someone like Appa or it's someone like Naga. It's hard to imagine a bunch of different polar bear dogs that you would confuse for. She'd be like, Naga? Naga? Wait, Naga? Oh, I'm so sorry. Naga? Wait, Naga? Is, are any of you Naga? A whole pack of them. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. How about you? Um, I don't know. I think dragons would be really cool. Sure. Tra- of course, dragons. Dragons, dragons, spirit dragons. <laughs> yeah. 
I like when British people say dragons because I think of like the medieval dragon when it comes out of his. When you hear the beautiful accent, that yes, ours, yeah. Like I say, I start thinking Game of Thrones and dragons and Maybe stuff. Yes, uh, bringing a dragon. <laughs> like dragons, dude. I'm like, oh, cool. Thank, thank you, Jeff. Love it. Thanks, guys. Let's, br- let's work on it. Let's bring all of those things. Question. What's your name, sir? Uh, I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. So the show has got some incredible like, quotes and great lines. Both series do. Um, I wanted to know what you guys, what your personal favorite quotes are. Oh, it doesn't have so to be lines many. that you said. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to go straight to iRope. Uh, favorite uh, lines. We got Joe. Great, great question. Quotes. My favorite line from Zuko quotes. is... Why am I so bad at being good? Yeah. That is a classic. Yeah. That is a classic. And so relatable. Yeah. And very relatable, and I ask myself that question weekly, personally. Yeah. I certainly use That's Rough Buddy on and off the podcast, like, every a day. Lot. A lot. It turns out a lot's rough, buddy. A lot is rough. Also, knowing the moment that that is said is one of my favorite. That exchange is one of my it's favorite a, in the entire yes. series. I love that moment, too. Um, and then, I mean, on, on the kind of deeper level stuff, uh, when, when Cora talks about needing to experience what suffering is so that she would be more compassionate to others, I think is something that resonates for a lot of us. Um, knowing that, you know, you go through something and it's not, it, it's at a great cost, but it's not for nothing. That we actually do gain and grow from the things that happen to us that are hard. Um, so I, I love that one too. Um, Iro, almost any Iro line. Any Iro. Iro is a gold mine. Any yes. Iro. What about what about you, Joe? What would you have? What's a favorite? your favorite line, Joe? I think my favorite fun line to say would be "Flamio Hotman." Flamio Hotman. Everybody. But the deepest quote that I really like is, uh, the greatest illusion in this world is the illusion of separation. Oh, don't mm. even with that. All of Guru Patik is oh, incredible. Oh, Guru Patik. I will, I will cry at that. I will cry at time is an illusion, so is death, which we find out in the swamp. Um, oh, so many good ones. Feel free to shout out your favorite quotes if you have them in your mind when you ask your questions. Everybody else coming up. Thank, Thank you, Joe. Joe. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Hi, wonderful. My name's Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. <laughs> um, so you obviously do a lot of voice acting for fictional characters, but um, I was wondering whether if you have any pets or whether there's any animals in your life that you find yourself giving voices to as well, because then I do that to my cats. So I just wanted to know what you guys thought. Great question. A hundred percent yes. All yeah. the time. <laughs> My girlfriend's here somewhere. I, I'm always. She knows whenever a dog goes by, I have his voice. Yeah. And it, or a bird at the beach or something. I'm always yeah. voicing all the animals, and I'm also voicing the the, the, the babies around me, <laughs> the children around me. But I, I, I love to voice. I don't know. Yeah. I, they all have voices to me. All these. For dogs. sure. There's also a lot of making up of of really stupid songs in my household. Um, so there's songs for like a lot of different songs for the two dogs I have. I don't know why, but they have their own like theme songs. Um, so I have a border collie terrier mutt mix who's a rescue whose name is Jasper, and I po- I try to post on Instagram from time to time. Uh, I I put him on there. He was having a really good dream the other day, and I posted that. And so I've got him, and then we have a husky rescue who's like a red husky with bright blue eyes so she's very wolf-like um but because her eyes are so light sensitive she either looks incredibly fierce and gorgeous or she looks like a dope because she kind of has to squint and then you know her tongue will kind of stick out so there's a lot of like 
happening. So she can go from being, you know, the goofiest to the coolest, which, you know, that's a quality in people that I actually really love. So, uh, so yes, 100% yes. Her name is Whitley. His name's Jasper. And, uh, and they are absolute joys, especially, you know, I recommend cats, fish, birds, anybody that's around that makes you laugh. Um, when times get hard, it's, uh, it's lovely to, it's a luxury to have for sure. I'm glad I'm not the only one that voices my pets. Yeah. Not at all. Although, I, all, all. last night I was seeing some dogs here, and I was voicing, but then I realized maybe these dogs have British accents. Yeah. I literally was telling my girlfriend last night, I was like, I think that dog... Yeah, you're going to have to adjust in your brain. He's and, British, for sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can tell he's looking at me in a very different, proper way. Yeah, in a proper way. In a much more proper way than these American uh-huh. dogs. <laughs> Thank you so much. Get ready to skidoo into stories, because there's a new season of Storytime with Josh and Blue. You skidoo, we can too, inside our storybook with you. Your preschooler can wind down wherever you choose. Blue's always ready for a snuggly snooze. I think I'm almost ready for a nap now, too. When it's time to settle down, Blue and all her friends are here for your preschooler. <laughs> Listen to Storytime with Josh and Blue wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, what's Hello. your name? Uh, Alexander. How are you doing, Hi, Alexander? Alexander? Doing well. Um, my question is, um, in book three and book four of Cora, you see her having to... Um, get better after her battle with Sahir. Um, what kind of research and how did you manage to um, figure out what Cora was going through during that period of six months? Sure. Well, I, I mean, I've never fought uh, an uber villain airbender um, voiced by Henry Rollins. I don't know if I would survive that uh, in real life, but I've definitely gone through some, some physical and emotional trauma in my life. Um, when that happened and I knew that she was going to have uh, some post-traumatic stress and stuff, that was very easy for me to connect with um, and, and, you know, that stuff, for those of you who have gone through something like that, it is sort of always there. It's just what kind of relationship you have to it. And seeing it sort of represented in, in for seeing Cora, seeing herself and, and the whole sort of complexity of the Avatar state in general across both series, I think is a great way of sort of looking at that. Like, what's your relationship to your pain? What's your relationship to your history and your trauma? And knowing that you can't, you're never going to be tough enough to just go, it's gone. I don't have to think about it anymore. But instead to, again, be more compassionate to others, focusing outward on others and what they've gone through is like, was the biggest thing for me to sort of feel better about myself, um, which is such a great secret that they don't tell you when you're younger. Like, oh, if you just, if you just stop thinking about yourself, it's still there and you'll still be doing the work, but you'll also feel less alone. Um, and so I think, you know, all of that, that, that Cora experiences felt very, very close to home for me. And it's also just such great writing that it's all kind of there for you. Um, so I wish, you know, on, on some level, I wish I could say, oh, it's so hard because I've been so blessed in my life that I couldn't relate. But I'm actually very grateful that I could relate. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, in the sense of you saying about favorite lines, I've got to say my favorite one's got to be. That's a great idea. Let the blind girls steer the giant airship. (laughs) 
Just basically okay. anything with anything just Toph says. Yes. Of course. All of her. I wish I could conjure up the uh, nicknames that Toph just comes off uh, with the top of her head. I mean, Twinkle Toes, Sugar Queen. Sugar just Queen. just your call guitar, Sugar Queen. So good. God, I love that Toph. Great questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alexander. How you doing? Hello, hello. My name's Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Hi. Um, I wondered uh, for both your characters if there is an episode or a moment that you feel is a turning point or defining moment for that character. I mean, for me, doing the character, I thought he was one thing until I found out how he got a scar. When, after the Agnikai with Ozai, for me, I started to understand, oh, this is not who I thought, I didn't know who this guy was really until that moment. And of course, that kind of changes the trajectory of everything kind of going on. That's around the storm, right? right at the storm, yeah, right? yeah. While I think, yes, there are continual turning points for Zuko, a turning point for us as viewers in terms of his character is that episode. And I love that that continues with Korra alone, right? I love that there's this thematic bridge between Zuko alone and Korra alone. We have the comic with Suki alone. Um, they really, I think they really understood what a masterpiece they had created with that Zuko alone episode. And so I sort of think of those in a, like a canon together where, you know, understanding those early moments with Zuko and seeing him try so hard um, <laughs> and that his mom says, you know, you're never going to give up. That's an essential part of who you are. And then here we have in the Korra Alone episode, this idea of her feeling very isolated, feeling like she only wants to write Osami. Thank you very much. Um, but feeling like, uh, you know, she's getting to a point where she understands better how, how to survive, how to not give up, and furthermore, how to not be alone. Um, so I, I, those, are, those are big ones for me. What about you? Um, I think for Cora, the moment in the Tree of Time, oh, when sure. she becomes Big Blue Cora. Sure, um, Big Blue Cora. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then for Zuko, I think, when he finally stands up to Ozai, yeah. the yeah. Day of Black Sun. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. It's great. Great question. Um, also, hashtag Katang. Katang. Uh-oh. Shout out to Katang. Uh-oh. How many Katang shippers do we have? Shout out. Katang, yes. Any, any Zutara shippers out there? Yeah. It's all fun. It's all, it's all nice. I mean, Mako's also cool. Yeah, yeah. it's all good. It's, it's all, all good. good. It's all good. It's all good. Hello. Hello, what's your name? Hi there, I'm Nati. Um, this is going to be real awkward after the Katang. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with my favorite quote from my Queen Azula. Um, my own mother thought I was a monster. She was right, of course, but it still hurt. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, my question is um, for Prince Zuko, my one true love. Um, <laughs> if there was one thing about Zuko's journey you could have influenced or could have gone differently, what would that have been? Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, look, he even as playing and these things, I dis- he disappointed me a few times. Like, oh no, why? Um, I, why you got to throw that fireball at him when he I asked know. if you would have been friends? That was not cool. He's not cool sometimes. You know, he's an emotional guy. I think if I can influence him at all, you know, it's just spend more time with Iroh. Like, there's... Love it. I know there's times you need to take away from him and you don't want to be with your uncle or whatnot, but and he ends up getting to him later on and understanding, like, that's his real father, but that's really... That's really the anchor. Like, go back, spend more time with Iroh, and, you know... 
your sister. Don't trust. Azula always lies. Stop trusting Azula. Like, don't. When he went back to Azula, I was like, come on, bro. Zuko, what are you doing? Like, let's go to the beach and have a good time. Come on, Zuko. This is not going to end up good for you. He's so vulnerable. I know. It's his little sister. You going to let your little sister do that to you? No, but I would say... Natty, you were nodding. Stay away from Azula. Yeah, do you agree? Hang out with Iroh. Absolutely. Iroh and Zuko were the best relationship and the most heartbreaking one. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Natty. Thank you, Natty. Hello. Hello, what's your name? Hey, my name's Casey. What's up? So, we saw Zuko's lowest point, like when he betrayed his uncle Iroh and bossing say, and then, you know, we got, got his redemption arc and everything, ultimately resulting in him being Fire Lord. Uh, that even pushed him into the legend of Korra, as we all know, just making a fan favorite. But the person we saw, like, arguably even lower, just completely dismantled, was Azula. Do you think Azula should have got a redemption arc? I would love that. It's a great question. I always kind of really want that. It comes conversation a lot. Yeah. I mean, I love Azula as a character. She's one of my, my, my favorite characters. And she's, she's Zuko's sister. You want to see her get redeemed. We yeah. talked about that, right? We were just talking about that. Yeah, I think... Um, and so we were like, is Endgame, was there... Yeah. We asked... Do we ever we ask... about with Erica? I, I thought, think we maybe were. I was we, were we just had Erica uh, Ishii, who is this uh, amazing voice actress and is a huge Avatar fan. We love bringing in um, people we're fans of from other fandoms to come in and talk about their love of, of the Avatarverse. And so she was with us for the chase. Right. And we talked a lot about that, the idea of... Because I always say, like, the, the pleasure she takes in hurting people and the pleasure she takes in being a great firebender still seems so empty to me, you know, there's just that feeling of it that there, you feel like what you sort of hear sometimes about psychopaths, not to just start dropping the PSY word, but um, is this idea of a feeling of emptiness, the sense of like, I, I, I want to feel like I'm not missing anything and I want to feel like I'm sort of superior to these people who continue to, you know, let themselves be hurt and make choices where they sacrifice themselves for others and like, how stupid do you have to be? But that you sort of get the sense, too, of, like, is this it? Like, that there's, you know what I mean? And so I wish that, I would love for her to have, a, be in touch with her humanity so that she gets to enjoy the um, immense love and caring and being crushed by something. All of that is, like, so essential to me. And I, I want that for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, because she's this kind of rough, brazen character in general, you know, let's say she did have a redemption arc. What role do you think she would have fit in, maybe in the city of Korra? How do you think? It's a great question. That's a good question. I mean, I, I do think about her redemptions often. I do. And I, but then going back through the series, she starts off so bad seed, so young. I mean, she's wishing death upon her grandfather as a child. You know, like, yeah. she's plotting things as a... I'm like, oh my God, she's... She's really evil, yeah. huh? But when you think about great characters who sort of have been on that side, they've gone all, they've gone full Yeah, the pen should swing if back. If they come back... She'd be Iroh. And she, would, she could be Iroh. She, she could, could be, be Iroh. The person who is, you know... Her story's not over yet. Yeah. I mean, I know in the comic books we go into a place where she's still in a bad yeah. place. What but if I she hope... was like a counselor in Republic City for like... like kids like chi blockers who were like had done all this damage and like were put in some sort of juvie but it was like very progressive juvie and she was like all right like i'm gonna tell it to you straight 
you know? She's, I'm, I'm going to scare you straight. You're not going right. to want to hurt people anymore. That would be so cool. Or she, she like, could be fire lord of her own little country Don't somewhere. give her that much power. <laughs> She's going to start some, like, nope, we're gonna keep rogue... Fire Nation. Where's She's going to take up Amber Island as her own nation. Yeah. She's going to open a bakery. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I think they're still, with the new Avatar Verse studios coming out, I, I hope that they, they dive deeper into what happens to Azula. I really do. Yeah. Great question. Great question. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Peter. Hi, Peter. Peter. Uh, I would just like to ask, we've had your favorite quotes. Uh, with any character, what is your favorite moments? series oh so many i mean just the the dragon dance scene with with ang and and yeah watching that the dragon watching all that scene and the beautiful colors and the way uh, when you're voice acting there's this you get to do the performance in a certain way and i love doing a lot of the emotional stuff and i have all these memories of of screaming and yelling again in the wind but then when i got to watch that episode and how they animated it and the beauty of the colors, I was like, ah, this is so much, this is certain things with animation that they do that we, we can't do in live action in the same way. It just doesn't have the same feeling live action wise. And I love doing live action also. We both do live action films and television. But when you do certain animation projects and things like that occur, you, you know the specialness of, of doing storytelling in this way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I love... Uh, in Korra, I love in uh, season one when you, when you when Lin Beifong, you sort of know she's making the decision to potentially never bend again, to never be uh, able to to help the rest of the team. We love when like tough characters who don't show a lot on the surface, you, where you get a, a touch of that profundity underneath, right? Um, so that one always comes up for me. I love that moment when Aang asks if he and Zuko would have been friends. It is still one of my all-time favorite moments across both series. It breaks my heart. It's it's one of those moments I want to watch over and over, but why? Because I'm torturing myself because it also just wrecks me every time. Oh, it's so good, makes me laugh. How dare you? (laughs) But what about yours? Oh, yeah, definitely the dragon dance scene. Dragon dance scene, right. It's so good. So good. Thank you, Peter. Thank Thank you, Peter. Hello. Hello, what's your name? Hi, my name's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Um, so I have another animal question. Sure. Yes. So of all the kind of animal hybrids in the Avatar universe, which one would you want most as a pet, and what would you name them? Ooh. <sighs> Again, polar bear. Appa. Very partial to polar bear dogs. I mean, polar bear dogs, sure. but you can fly around on Appa. I know you can fly around. I mean, that's hard to argue with. You I mean, you can fly, fly around, around on Appa. On Yeah. And Don't we'd you have fit him in the house though. I don't know that part yet. I also I'd love to eat fresh eggs every day. So a platypus bear for me would be <laughs> deep cut. I don't know where the I don't eat I mean he can roam. I mean can he just roam a little bit and He's come back? Eat, I bet I hope you're ready to supply a lot of hay. Lot of hay. Lot of hay. He's going to eat you and out of house. He sheds hay. a lot. And he sheds a lot. Uh... It's tough. I mean I love little Momo. I'm a Momo's little, a cool. little worried about Momo. I enjoy uh, the fact that he loves treats and eats so much, but I would worry a little bit that it would be like, oh, I haven't seen Momo in two weeks. A fruit truck drove by, and I haven't seen him in two weeks. What about you? Gotta be polar bear dog. 
Yeah. And what would you name him? I think I'd have to meet them and get to know them a little right. bit. That is the exact right answer. <laughs> that is the exact right answer. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you, Kelly. Hello. Uh, hi, Jeanne here. A uh, quick question to the both of you. Um, out of all the Avatarverse, uh, uh, all the characters of the Avatarverse, who is your favorite duo, trio, or team dynamic? Oh. I mean, Zuko and Iroh. Yeah, Zuko and Iroh are pretty good. But no I big mean, deal. I also love Azula, Tylee, and May. Just they're so yeah, but the bad girls are, The bad girls are and, so yeah. good. We're in the bad Their girls moment now. Their personalities are so different and They're great. so great. Uh, I mean... I mean, I also like Jet and his crew. You, oh, I like Jet, Jet and his crew. He loves Jet and the crew. I, I mean, I love the crew. I'm not so sure about the Jet. Freedom Fighters. Yeah, I love Bolin. I love Mako and Bolin as Mako bros. and Bolin are cool. Um, it is cool. I don't always think of people in in, in like duos or like crews, yeah. but there are a lot of great groups in the in the Avatar. Yeah, course. absolutely. How about you? Um, Team Ang, just like yeah. Team Ang, yeah, Team yes, Aang. the gang, the get, the get Ang. We love that. Game. We did save the world. Yeah, you save know. the world. I mean, save you guys did it also. No big deal. No you big guys deal. did it in your way. We did, yeah. we did first. Well, I mean, that's literally empirically true, so I can't argue that's with true. that. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thanks, Janae. Hi. Hi, I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Hey, Josh. Huge, huge fan. I listened to the podcast on my way to work. Like, Very cool. Thing. Oh, we're so glad. Awesome. Um, so my question is, what is your favorite episode that you worked on and also um, viewing? Boy, I mean, I loved Cora alone. I loved watching Cora alone because we watched it in New York with like a couple thousand people. They premiered it there. Um, and so that was amazing because there was such a Korasami army there that just like, you know, they were seeing for the first time this letter she was writing and they were like, what? Which was amazing. Um, so that was, that was fun. I mean, every episode recording with, with just with the people we got to work with was amazing. Anytime J.K. Simmons was in the booth, I, I never stopped fangirling. I never stopped. He was very patient about it um, and is a wonderful, wonderful person. But, you know, all of that was like a dream. So it's hard to pick just one thing because, you know, that was... I have barely any memory of any of this stuff. <laughs> no, I do remember meeting Mark Hamill the first time. That was crazy, for sure. I mean, we had great actors. I mean, Jason Isaacs was awesome to do scenes with, you know, Lucius Malfoy. I was like, wow, this is Malfoy, you know, a Malfoy's in the house. And he delivers every time. But, I mean, Skywalker, you know, you would look Skywalker. And we're like, and it was just me and him the first time we worked together. And I was like fangirling the whole time. And he played Ozai. And we're fighting and yelling at each other. And he's scarring me. And I'm doing... You know, I'm doing Luke Skywalker. I'm doing Father. I'm doing stuff like that. And it's crazy. Yeah. So that was really, really wonderful. And then watching it now, every time I see a new episode, it's like my favorite episode. I know. And we just watched The Chase. Our and I was like, episode. oh, my God, this episode's so good. Yeah. All right. We're going to keep going fast so we get through. Cause Thank we, you. Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm Olivia. Uh, my question is, there's a lot of great... Uh, unintentional humor in Avatar, um, especially with Zuko. But the third season, we really get to see a lot of more intentional humor. Um, was that what was that experience like going from this kind of very dark, angsty, broody character to kind of getting to have a little more fun and play with it? Yeah, I don't, you know, I've watched Jack Descent play soccer for the whole time and just. 
was very envious of him just being so funny. And he, even when I did Cora to watch PJ do the funny stuff. And I don't, I don't even know if I'm ever that funny in the show. Am I that funny? <laughs> I've got to watch the third season because I always think like I'm always angry or angsty. And I always look at Jack and I'm like, why is he so funny? And I got to be here yelling or something. So I gotta watch the, the go through the, the frog is part oh the frog the oh the conversation with talking him. to the frog yeah but even that I think he's genuinely earnestly trying to figure this out <laughs> yeah it's still not funny to him it's like oh no we want he's Zuko like the worst stand up comic ever of it. you know Zuko's one of those funny guys that's not he's funny we think he's funny but he doesn't think he's funny yeah at all yeah <laughs> ever thank you thank you thank you. Hello. Hello. Hi. My name's Amy. Hey, Amy. I'm very interested in this relationship between Cora alone and Zuko alone and just angst everywhere all the time. I think it speaks to how central each character's arcs are in the show. But they have to pack so much in in such a short period of time that a lot of that growth kind of happens off screen. And I'm wondering if there was a missing scene between episodes or during episodes for each of your characters that you could have seen. What would it be? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, no, that's a I, gotta, good I question. feel like I got to really think about it. I have yeah. to think about what I would have. What, what, what do you think? I think for Cora, like that period right after she comes back. Right. I mean, obviously, three years is a long time. Right, right. That would have been good. Yeah. But I think a longer conversation between her and Asami would have been useful. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah anything, anything like that that doesn't get to get fully developed. And maybe right. it still will. I don't know. But, um, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. After Zuko alone, he is left. I mean, he claims who he is, but he's still left, like, not winning. And then in the chase, he kind of reunites with his uncle. So, yeah, I think there's some... There's some things going on that, I don't know, we'll see. There's a lot of, when you're writing, there's always like, what do you show? What do you not show? What do you want to overwrite something? Yeah. It and takes so, us longer to, we're, we, we love Mike and Brian so much, and we're so used to like, just utterly deferring to them, that um, the idea of creating story that isn't yeah. from them, that's not canon. We're, we're so we're close to the source. Really we're like, like huh, what we think uh, is what happened. I don't know. I wouldn't, I couldn't dare. You know what I mean? It's They're like, like what did you say? I said at a con one time, Mike, Brian, uh-huh. that Zuko should have went over here <laughs> and done this instead of that. Is that cool? We're like, sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. No, that wasn't cool. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's got to be some stuff in between. We'll see. I know. We're going to talk more about that. We, we should tweet that question, and we should talk about it more on the podcast when we have more time. Exactly. And we'll, and we'll pose that to Mike and Brian for you. Thank Will you do. Thanks. Much. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Bronwyn. Hi, Bronwyn. Hello. Hi. Um, so it's kind of funny about something you just said earlier, because my question is, if you could go back and either change something or add something you wanted to see, what would it be in your respective shows? Now you know we're too afraid to say or haven't even thought about it. We're so afraid. <laughs> I mean, I would have, of course I would have loved to see the, the Korosami stuff animated more. The, yeah. the, the graphic stuff is so great. I mean, Turf War is amazing, but, you know, yeah. absolutely would have been lovely to, to have that further developed, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and that's yeah. how they feel, too. So at least yeah. I can, yeah, they, they wanted that as well. I mean, uh, yeah, Nazula Redemption would be nice. That, you know, but I don't know how that would happen. He, Zuko reached out at the end. He tried to, like... But, I, you know, it's still in my mind. It's always like, could we have kept it going to redeem Azula somewhere? Great question. Yeah, I mean, with Azula, she kind of, like, 
Obviously, it came from somewhere. So somewhere deep down, there must be someone who just wants to be a normal person or just to have, like, a friendship that isn't just her betraying people all the time or just trying to get the way she wants it. So it is kind of unfortunate that we never really got to see anything more of that. But, yeah, I think it's... She didn't have an Iro, you know. She didn't have. She, didn't she have did have one. She didn't like him. Up on her. her mom she had an Iro. Her and her dad was her dad. But I think she had Iro. She didn't ha- like to hang out with him. I mean, he went with Sue. Yeah. She didn't have her own Iro. That's she never Iro. We're saying something like that. I wonder if, like, if Suka didn't have Iro, would he have been just the same as Azula? Of course. That is a question. No, he'd be worse. That cause... is a question, Bronwyn. That is a question. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Bronwyn. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Tarek. Hi, Tarek. Hello. Uh, um, Big fan. Uh, this is more of a voice actor question. So, for both of you guys, was there like a specific memory, like behind the mic, where which like stood out to you, or like a favorite moment in the recording booth, or which you enjoyed really? Uh, yeah, like I said, acting with Mark Hamill for the first time and doing all that was pretty yeah. all-time surreal and memorable, yeah. forever. JK, I made Andrea Romano say both of our first and last names uh, when she said, we're going to move on to the scene with Janet and JK. And I said, could you just say our full name so I can really hear it? So I, so I got to hear JK Simmons' full name next to Janet Varney. <laughs> Being starstruck. Well, yes. Starstruck right yes, now. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> was, yeah, so yes. big ones. Big ones. For and then also, with Ma- all those scenes with Mako, because uh, Mako, Mako, who yeah. originally played Iroh, he played my uncle or my father several times in my career throughout since I was a little kid. And that was his last project. He ended up passing away uh, in the middle of book two, and so, or end of book one. And so. Uh, yeah, leaves oh, book two, was his last... Uh, yeah. yeah. And so being there for that, those last times and really understanding what he was going through to a degree and just doing a lot of those scenes were yeah. just forever I'll remember. I recently found that the picture which he uses for his son in, when he did yeah. short stories, it's actually a picture of him. So he's singing it to himself rather than, you know, at least... That's one way to look at it. But yeah. We're definitely going to do an episode that's just about remembering Mako this season. For sure. So I'll we can't wait. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Uh, my name's Alan. Hi, Alan. Um, there's uh, generally such like uh, a, sh- a great passage of time between seasons. Um, I was wondering, when it came to the writing, was there a point where you thought, oh, the character's going to be in this sort of place, and then Bryke have just got thrown you somewhere, but oh. Yeah, every season was like that for Cora. I had, I mean, you know, they were all so different. They had such strong stories that they wanted to tell season to season that um, I, I feel like every, every season that we've started, even including from three to four, was like, oh, whoa, okay, wow, all right. Wow, that's going to be this story, okay. Um, so it was kind of always like that for me in a great way. Yeah, and I think I just, as an actor, especially those days before I was producing or writing or anything, I was just kind of getting through each episode like what am I doing in this scene yeah. and I was very kind of in the moment so I never really I never even thought about his redemption arc much at all I was just thinking about what he needed to do like right this moment yeah okay we're gonna speed round we're a speed round a real speed round thank you so much go ahead what's hello uh my name is Bessa. Hi, Bessa. Uh, and there's a couple of scenes in book three, I think, where uh, Zuko goes with folks and they experience an adventure and they say a life-changing adventure with Zuko. Right. It's fun to see that uh, the podcast kind of feels like a life-changing adventure, but with Korra, and I never expected it to come this way, say, oh, <laughs> in nice. the podcast way. 
Um, and I just wanted to say that when the show premiered, I was a huge fan and I really, really enjoyed it. And my friends were really into it as well. And they loved how much all of us were into it. We ended up making a cake uh, with a couple of Air Temple, those little, um, remember, the, the, the turning tables? Yeah, uh, the little tables screens. The, yeah, the yeah. So they put them all on top of so them and cool. we had it. And they, they screwed up the cake. It was actually green instead of blue. So... But I still Feels remember, right, though. Feels I right. I still remember those Thank memories you. fondly, and the show meant a lot to us. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Hello, my friend. Hello. Hi, I'm Josh. What's up, Josh? First of all, favorite line, anytime Toss some, sets someone up for a deadpan, I'm blind. Uh, as for question, my <laughs> actual question got asked, but it's on the subject of the Azula thing. How much of Azula's problems are her kind of internal, something personal, and how much of it is a response to her environment in the royal court where basically anything get you killed or maimed? It's something that uh, friends of mine with like mental health issues kind of... Yeah, yeah. I think you have to have a little... I mean, you have a lot of environmental. I think there's... From what we know of Zuko's mom and... Azula's mom. See, that's so horrible because I, I think know. of it as Zuka's mom. I mean, that's look at that. That's a problem right there. You're right. But I think you know, seeing the seeing that very early on and being troubled by it makes me feel like there's something there. But so much of what we develop into has to do with the way we're treated and what's reflected back to us. And what you know, like I expect you to be a bad person. Okay, I guess I'm a bad person then. Um, great question. Well, it's a great Went question. But I, I agree. There's a lot of you know. It's they're, they're, they're kids dealing with trauma from war from family trauma there's a lot going on in the show that just is this kid show yeah. so many different themes and I, I think it's great that it opens up these conversations yeah oh my gosh we just got the signal that that's all the time we have okay you all are amazing how about a big round of applause and thank, thank you guys to both Janet thank and Dante thanks for listening to Avatar Brave the Elements and make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review it really helps the podcast so much and me and Janet really appreciate it next week we're back on the recap train diving into the drill with Kara Mahorn you can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter and I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those we'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts